Hi, my name is Prema. I'm from Calgary, and this episode is brought to you by MPW Membership. Did you know that all MPW members get access to monthly group catch-up calls with the rest of the MPW community? This is the perfect resource to help keep you focused on your goals and to give you support through your music production journey, no matter what stage you're at. This is a free feature for all MPW members. Take advantage of this awesome feature and so many more using the link musicproductionforwomen.com slash membership. Uh, what am I saying? This is MPW, 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 the podcast with your host, Zylo Aria. Cool. A podcast about Our music production for the everyday musician, where we learn from experienced studio engineers and each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the MPW podcast. I'm your host, Zylo Aria, and today we are here with the awesome Stacey Bedford. And Stacey is the CEO for the music e-commerce platform Bandzoogle, and she was named in the Billboard International Power Players list in 2021, as well as the Billboard Digital Power Playlist in 2019. So we are very, very excited to have her here with us. So how are you, Stacey? How's your day? Hi, my day is going great. You know, the weather is beautiful and uh, the sun is shining and yeah, I couldn't, uh, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, no problem. It's a pleasure to have you. And today we are going to be looking at websites and the importance of them for artists. But before we do that, I would love to hear a little bit more about your story as well and your journey into where you are today. And did it start off with you as a musician? And, and how did how did that all work? Well, I'm going to date myself, but if I were to talk about where this all started, I would say that my tech training started off back in the 1980s when I broke my parents' 386. So <laughs> my love of tech and music goes pretty far back. I've always had a curiosity of computers and technology. Sometimes it's gotten me in trouble, like in that example. But I would say that from a very, a very young age, music just entranced me. I went on uh, at a young age to learn coding and graphic design in my free time while I was quite young. And then later when in my teens, I took a digital imaging course in college and MySQL and more coding and during my economics undergrad, all for fun. I spent most of my formative years at live music halls or band practice with friends. So I spent my time really uh, <laughs> from a young age as I do now with music and tech at the same in equal amounts. I, I really think like if you're able to combine those genuine interests into your workday, you're going to make some magic. So those are my early years. And I would say uh, like how it's kicked off to me at Banzoogle was um, my sister, who is my best friend. She started dating a bassist in a popular rock band and he had this great idea and he needed someone with complementary skills uh, to help with tech support. This was when I was just getting out of university. I was going to be starting my first jobs. And uh, it was really the perfect fit for both of us. She ended up marrying him. <laughs> so it was, the, it was the perfect fit for all of us. But he had met someone with the right experience that he could trust. And I could spend my work days just helping people and doing something that really already consumed all of my time. 
And yeah, when I came into Benzugal, I was I was the first customer service person and I worked my way up to CEO over the last uh, 15 years or so. Wow. Wow. Okay. And you must have really loved the brand as well for, for you to have gone through that journey right from the start. And were you working in other areas of music before that or was that uh, the main thing? Yeah, I would say like I've always, I, I skipped over my music my music experience, but when I was 13, I saved up for my first Gibson Nighthawk and uh, a family friend who was a Metro busker at the time gave me lessons. So I've been playing guitar uh, for half of my life. I have a really, really heavy classic rock influence. I would say from, from there, I spent almost every night from Thursday to Sunday at live music venues throughout my teens. All of my friends were in bands, but I was really happy to be on the sidelines and watch and support them and kind of mm-hmm. almost advise them on how to how to grow their audience because I was really excited about it. But I would consider myself more of a music fan. And today I'm still surrounded by these ultra talented people. So I have trouble calling myself a musician, but I do play guitar and I've, I've been involved in music in my whole life. I love that. I love that. And one thing that we have found as well through this podcast is that people uh, often start off as a musician and then the journey just takes them in all these different directions and they end up working somewhere in music that they might not have thought of at all at the start. So today talking a little bit about websites and their importance for artists, I guess social media is becoming just so huge and such a big part of our lives and also um, just the, the strategy that musicians need to uh, need to have as part of their, their music marketing. And with the rise of the social media, some people feel like, or, you know, I've heard people say that websites are dead, we don't need them. What would you say to this? I would say, and this is a this is a huge topic right now, but I would say that the idea that any one particular company, be it Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or anything would re- would replace websites as a whole, it's not a new concept. And in fact, like that I've been hearing that for the last 20 years since Benzugal started. And I would even say like by comparison, the year Benzugal started, MySpace was born. And as a fledgling tech startup, like this was terrifying because we had at the time, like we were just starting out, we didn't have a big customer base and we were sure that it was going to take us out because artists were really involved in this social, like new social media community building in this other way. But I would also say that throughout the last two decades, we've seen so many social media trends come and go. And at the heart of it, your bank can be handled just as any business would and businesses need websites. So like there's a, there's a few main reasons for this. One, there's always going to be a period where you're building your fan list or followers on social media and the platform is exciting and it's hot and it's new. But even with the, the ones that I've listed, you're seeing some of them plateau, you're seeing some of them decline. And well, other than that, like they could change their algorithms for organic posts where you have to start paying to post to reach your audience or worse, they might be banned in the country. <laughs> like TikTok was almost considered in the US, which would have been huge for artists in a, in a bad way. And then uh, like also these trends run their courses. 
Or maybe a billionaire is going to buy the platform and control the fate <laughs> of your fan list. So there's all these things that are always happening and they, you have no control over how other businesses are running uh, social, their social media and what's happening in the world. But, you know, like when this happens, you lose your entire following and the way to connect to your fans that you've spent all this time and all these resources on. And unfortunately, like if you haven't built out a contact list that you own, you have to start all over again. And this is exactly what has been happening to artists on social media platforms over and over and over again. So I'd say that you should absolutely have a presence on social media. That's very important. You want to hang out where the party is now, but you want to drive those fans and those engagements back to your website, make that a hub for all things related to your band. And then you could own the relationship, you can own the experience, and then you can foster a relationship for years to come with them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, definitely a few things to think about there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can imagine if an artist just put all their eggs into the MySpace basket, that wouldn't have worked out well for them uh, in the long, long term. So, okay. So if we understand that we need a website to build our own community and be able to manage it ourselves rather than it being something that belongs to another platform, then it can come to setting up the website. And from what I know, to set up a website, you need a couple of things and, and I'm sure there are more as well, but mainly, I guess, a domain and a web host. So could you define for me what these things are for someone that doesn't know? Yeah, and that's a good question. And it's always down to the fundamentals because I take for granted that I use these words every day <laughs> at work, but like it's not a, like websites are not something that people think about every day as artists. So your domain is your website address. Uh, for example, mybandname.com or myrecordlabel.org. You can purchase a domain name as long as it's not owned by anybody else. And in comparison, your web host is basically where your domain is pointed. So this is the company that stores all of your files and your web pages and all of the content that your domain is pointed to. Think about your web host as your virtual house <laughs> and um, your, your domain as your street address. Oh, okay. I've never heard that analogy before. I like it. Okay. That's great. So Say, I guess we could buy a domain in, there are a lot of different websites and things you can buy it from. Uh, it would be great, I guess, if you buy it or, you know, if it's part of your host and they provide that for you as well. So then if we think about mainly our job is to choose a web host and hopefully they will provide the domain as well, what kind of things would you need to think about in choosing the right web host for you as an artist? Well, above anything else, you want to make sure that your, your host provides all of the tools and all of the support that's adequate for your level of technology. So you don't want to get into a relationship uh, where um, this means like if you run into any issues with your hosting or the display of your website, responsiveness, how your website behaves on different devices and how it adjusts anything at all that you're either able to handle that on your own, or if you can't, that your host will provide enough support to resolve the issue with you or for you. So make sure that you're paired up with something that is um, at your competency level. Like for example, a lot of web designers really like working with WordPress and run their business and they run their business off of building WordPress sites because they're not very easy for non-techies to maintain. So that's like a whole other business model. 
Next, you wanna make sure that the website has a lot of the tools that you would need in-house. And I would say the reason for this, why this is important, it's because if something stops working, the host won't usually support external tools. So maintaining external plugins can be a lot of work and that's a really avoidable time sink. And you don't want things to not be working properly when visitors are on your website too. Another on, on that point um, on reliability, another important point is uptime. It's even normal for some of the biggest sites or social, even social media to go down from time to time, but you wanna look for something that has at least 98% uptime. That means that it'll be reliably available to your visitors or your fans when they're looking for what they need from you. And uh, I think when you're considering who to pick for your web host, that working backwards is a really good approach. Think about what you want to accomplish with your website. Is it informing visitors about upcoming shows? Is it selling merch? Is it linking to all of your music distribution options? Uh, make a list and find a service that covers as many of them as possible. And I would say, lastly, that your web host or your site builder should really produce clean code because then it's easier for Google to crawl your website and you'll end up higher in search results for terms like, I don't know, like Sydney wedding bands, for example. So the quality of the website code that is outputted is actually really important for search engine optimization, which is a whole other topic, but in simple terms, you want somebody that produces a quality website for you. Okay. Okay. That's great. And I was actually going to add a, a question on uh, search engine optimization, but I thought maybe that's going to be a whole other episode uh, because I'm sure you can go into a lot of detail in that. But um, on a few things that you mentioned there, I might just dig into them a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit more. So the external plugins, what do we mean when we're talking about that? Well, if you're working backwards and you're thinking about things that you might want to be a part of your site, there's like so many different service providers that provide different things. For example, like Bandcamp allows you to post and sell music direct fan. Uh, you have things like Shopify that allow you to make sales on your website and provide distribution options. Yeah, there's, there's MailChimp who provides mailing list options. So you could sign up for all these different services, or you could do something that is all in one with one price point offering and uh, that is all supported together because ultimately you wanna make sure that all of those pieces and all the code from all of these services will work well together. And that's not always the case with websites. There's always gonna be something that's conflicting. And the benefit of doing uh, going with a service where everything is in one place is that you know that all of those tools play nicely together and they won't interrupt your visitor's experience. Okay. Okay. So ideally you should be able to, within your web host, uh, just add in these plugins that directly link to your MailChimp or your Bandcamp or something like that, rather than going through MailChimp or Bandcamp. Is that right? Or a service that provides all of those <laughs> options in-house. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that, that would be ideal. And then uh, you mentioned as well, uptime. When we're talking about uptime, could you define what that is? Yeah. Uptime is essentially the over 24 hours a day, how many hours over 24 is your website available? So it's, I'm sure that it's happened uh, sometimes when you're visiting a website and you go and you get like a 402 error or sorry, a 502 error, 504 error, that is an example of downtime. 
So you want a website that has um, great backend and provides high quality servers that are more likely to produce a higher uptime. Okay. Okay. That's great. And is there something, do you need to think about like loading speed or something? I don't know if there's a fancier word for that. Absolutely. Um, And some web hosts will implement like limitations that are really to the benefit of the end user. So for example, if you have a lot of visitors who are coming to you from mobile devices, you don't really want to have a lot of videos that are autoplaying or anything um, on your site because that'll really, uh, well, it'll cause a lot of bandwidth issues and usage for your visitors and it'll make them not have a great experience. Or maybe somebody is visiting uh, from from work. Uh, so you don't want your music to automatically start playing on your site. So there's some decisions that web hosts who understand music and and also fans um, that make good decisions on behalf of uh, of the of the uh, website builder, the band that is using it. And I think that that understanding plays a huge part in the success of your website with your fans. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's great. And when we uh, then talk about email addresses and to get a, a fancy email that matches your domain as well, is that something usually that the host would provide? Yeah, so email is usually an add-on. You can, once you own a domain, um, you can usually set up a domain with any email provider service um, and uh, point your domain records there. Um, alternatively, if it's an option in-house, like at Benzugal, once you own a domain that's included in your membership, you'll be able to purchase inboxes. So anything at myband.com or merch at myband.com or my bassist at myband.com. And it's just a matter of typing in which email address you want to set up and um, checking out. Then you'll have access to like your webmail, or you can set up an inbox on your your inbox on your phone or your computer if you prefer to use that. Yeah, there's like to be honest, uh, the biggest headaches with <laughs> with setting with creating um, your website usually start usually have to do around domain and email. So if your host can like provide ample support for this. That's usually, those are usually the biggest pain points and the most technical part about um, setting up your website and your online presence. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I remember the first time I had to do that. Oh my goodness. I had no idea how many things I had to go and point and uh, yeah. So uh, I understand the (laughs) potential complication of someone who's doing this for the first time. So then if we talk about something that you hear a lot recently, I think is the term landing page. So how would you define the difference between a website and a landing page? And is there a a preference for artists that or one that they should choose over the other? Yeah. So uh, that's a good question. A landing page, it's ultimately a singular page or uh, a page with a single goal that's measurable. For example, if you have a new single available for pre-order, it might be a page um, with your album and a button to pre-purchase it. Or if you, uh, another example of a landing page might be if you have a show like a live stream or an in-person show uh, with the option to buy tickets. So there's a singular action on there. Um, It might be something like you have new merch, new t-shirts, and you want to make that the focus. So it would be like what you have available with the option to purchase. 
the whole point of a landing page is the ability to drive visitors to a specific page with a specific goal. Um, and then you can track like how many visitors came to the page, where they came from. Was it social media? Was it a specific ad campaign that you might have set up? Was it an external website that you are friends, like another a friend that is another band or uh, a partnership that you might have? And then you could figure out which sources were more effective for that goal. So the whole purpose of a landing page is to really allow you to spend your time and your resources on the most effective strategies and then make informed decisions on how to have effective campaigns later on. Landing pages are really different than websites because they're what you call the hard sell. So they're usually associated with something that is very temporary, very urgent, or that's ending like a campaign. On the other hand, <laughs> websites are the long game. They're otherwise known as the soft sell. So websites are all about relationship building. It's all about building relationships over an extended period of time with no deadline in sight. So like your website is a place where you might make suggestions in a less direct way to your visitors. Like think about a, on your website, you might have a link to sign up to a mailing list. And then later you might use that uh, as a camp for a campaign with a hard sell. Or you might want to help build out your image or your fans' opinion of who you are as an artist. Those are all things that you would do on your website. Websites allow you to listen to your fans. They allow you to engage with them over time. And like an example of that is like uh, you might post blog articles about like your band practice or your experiences on tour or your songwriting process. That's something that you would never do on a landing page. So if your fans are picking that up and they're finding it desirable, you can then run some experiments and put that content behind something like a paywall and make it part of a subscription club or a fan offering. There's so many things that you can do to delay your audience on your website, it's very similar to putting on a show. Um, so without, I would say that um, without uh, trying to be too salesy or creating like a campaign, it's more about relationship building and just having a place for all of your fans to find different parts of who you are as an artist. Okay, thank you. That That's great to understand the difference. And it sounds to me like you would want the website as a permanent thing for you to be able to build relationships with anyone that might land on it. And then the landing page is more a temporary thing, depending on what you've got going on uh, at the time, potentially, that you might kind of have for a little while and then take off after that campaign is done. Absolutely. And I think that they work really well together. Along with social media, they're all just part of your, your business strategy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's great. What would you say? I mean, we've spoken a little bit about different things to, to look at when you're choosing a host. And uh, obviously, uh, Banzoogle is a web host as well. So what would you say are some things that, that maybe set Banzoogle apart from other uh, web hosts, especially as an artist where maybe what you're looking for isn't the same as, uh, you know, maybe any random business that's trying to set up a website? Yeah. And I think you actually, you actually hit the nail on the head because Banzoogle we're this fully bootstrapped, so we've never taken outside funding. We're not very common in the tech world. Um, so we're a fully bootstrapped group of musicians, and we're just building out tools that we would need ourselves as artists. We don't answer to a board of directors. We're not focused on profits. And we're really all about providing as much value as possible to our 
artist community while taking very little. Like I've been at Benzugal for over 15 years and we haven't raised prices in 18 years. So I would say like another thing that stands out about us is that we we win awards for our incredible customer service against much bigger companies in the tech space and much more generic companies. And the sum of all of those things is that music specific pro level tools are produced. And like, of course, there are other generic website builders available. And maybe you could accomplish some similar task by signing up for and paying for seven separate services, but our offering is really catered to artists and it's an all-in-one fully supported service. And our, I would say that one of our most unique propositions is that we're 100% commission free. So you could basically set up an online store at Benzugal, sell music, merch, um, like tickets, anything you want. And we don't take a cut of sales or even touch those transactions. That's amazing. That's uh, really, really great to hear. And, and I mean, not increasing prices for 18 years is unheard of. I've never heard of anyone uh, doing that. So that's excellent. And especially with the apprehension that some artists might have around setting up a website and the difficulty relating to that, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what you might have to say to, to them? Yeah, I would say that it's like stage fright, right? Or writer's block. You need to think about it as any other impediment. And as artists, uh, we have so much experience with overcoming these psychological obstacles in so many different ways. And the best advice I would say is just get started, just start somewhere. And that's usually the best <laughs> the best way forward is to take a step, right? Benzugal itself is really easy to use. We have this three-step site builder that'll walk you through everything that you need to do to get started. And it's not as intimidating as you think it would be. We have some industry legends like Money Mark, Flavor Flav, even Megan the Stallion, who is she had been managing her entire web presence at Benzugal on her own for four years before getting signed to Rock Nation in 2020. So I would say you need to set goals. You need to set a schedule for your music creation and for your music business time, and you need to stick to that. If you can spend hours scrolling through social media, you can set up a professional web presence and start building out a dedicated list of fans. And like even artists like Taylor Swift, who were discovered on YouTube, ran an incredibly tight ship before they were found. It's not a miracle. It's hard work. So you need to put it in. Definitely. Definitely. And yeah, I love the the tip of, you know, just start because that's exactly what we say with music production as well. Um, it can seem really scary, but as soon as you start taking the first few steps, you realize maybe it's not as bad as you think or as difficult. So yeah, love that. And talking a little bit about your career as well. Uh, and like you said, with anything, it doesn't just happen and, and there is a lot of hard work behind it. And being a C CEO of a company like Banzoogle, I'm sure comes with its um, great things and also challenges. So can you tell me a little bit about what has been your biggest highlight in your career so far? I've had the best month at Benzoogle. So at Benzoogle, I would say like, I was really proud when we won two Stevie Awards for best customer service. That was a really big deal for us. And I started out in customer service. So I was so proud of the team. But this month has been crazy. 
We won, uh, Bendigle won Canada's top small and medium employer award uh, for the Globe and Mail, which is a big deal for a company like ours. And I love that it recognizes just the importance of treating your staff properly. Um, and that, so I was really proud of that award. This week, I found out that I made Billboard's 2022 International Power Players list. And then today, I'm not supposed to say it yet until tomorrow, but I uh, made it on a 40 under 40 list for uh, my province. So I was really excited about that. It was just this month has really been a culmination of years of hard work and the recognition has really snowballed for the whole team at Benzigal. I would say like it's pretty humbling to be given the opportunity to take this homegrown tech company and be recognized on a global scale alongside Universal, Sony, YouTube, Amazon. And it's such a competitive cutthroat and not always equitable music industry. And like just the recognition really proves that you can do the right thing by artists and still swim along with the big fish. Definitely. Wow. That is so, so incredible and so inspiring. And congratulations as well, Stacey. Those awards, I'm sure, have had so much hard work behind them. So uh, that's really, really incredible. And then looking at the other side, what would you say has been the greatest challenge for you so far and how did you overcome that? Well, So (laughs) there's a lot of challenges. It's not easy to run a tech company and it's not easy to do it during a pandemic. Ben Zugel, our staff, like we're all very close. And um, we, I think the average staff member has been at Ben Zugel for seven, eight or eight years. So we stay together for a long time. And we've we've always worked as a remote distributed team. Even 20 years ago, that's how we started. And that was really unheard of. But I would say throughout this time, (laughs) my biggest challenge has always been being taken seriously. And like when I started, I was like this young, relatively inexperienced woman with a very informal disposition. Like I'm on my best behavior right now, but like I swear, like I have usually have purple hair and like I had this high capacity for problem solving and like this natural inclination to lead and motivate people. Like I was all about just trying to make it the best time possible anytime I entered a room. And I would say in a remote tech company, I really I really had to prove that unconventional can be just as effective, if not more effective than what you would expect from what you see, what you envision as a leader of a tech company. To me, like this really meant taking on a lot more burden and responsibility than some of my male counterparts, just to show that I was perfectly capable. And I would say like opportunities are not easily given to women in visible minorities. So I had to work pretty hard at this. But like when I look back to all of those challenges, it resulted in a lot more competence and experience. So even though it was harder, in the end, I'm better off for it. So I would say there's a lot of privileges in the in the business world, especially in tech, that will present obstacles. But for me, part of me wants to push that envelope and just be an example of what you expect a CEO to not look like or act like or sound like. I love that. That's so lovely. And I'm sure uh, very inspiring to a lot of our listeners and to myself as well. And um, yeah, I mean, if, if you started with purple hair and you wanted purple hair, then, you know, that's great to to completely change that image of what we think a uh, a tech company CEO should look like. So I love love that. And um, I guess 
doing what you do, it can be quite stressful as well. And, uh, and everyone has different hobbies that they use to kind of get their mind away from what they do day to day. And I think I saw that you uh, took up beekeeping as a hobby, which is really random. So tell me why this of all things and how does this help in other areas of your life? Oh, well, I started beekeeping and it was because I had like, I don't take a lot of time off. I had like this rare sick day and when I have three kids and one of them just said like, I, I want to play this video game about bees. Can you tell me more about bees? So I just, I was laying on the couch. I was sick and I just started reading about bees and I was like enthralled. Like I went deep. And then a week later I was buying my first beehive. So I have this habit of like being really committed to my interests historically. <laughs> and I just find bees endlessly interesting. Like it's true. Like running a company is quite stressful and I make a point of, uh, like almost scheduling or allocating time to my interests outside of work. And that's really important because all of those experiences that you have make you a better person at your work life. They give you a better perspective. You have uh, external experiences that you can relate to what you're doing and you bring more to your job. So I would say <laughs> beekeeping is quite a strange one, but I have a lot of hobbies. The other night I was like having so much trouble falling asleep and I went on a deep dive looking into like sea creatures that you find in Mariana's Trench. And my husband just looked at me and he was like, please don't buy an octopus. Like this is, <laughs> like, this is the person that he's living with, the poor guy, you know? But yeah, I, I have a tendency to go deep with my interests and I've been beekeeping for four years. And I really love that and how it relates to a gentle monarchy and um, just the organization of how they work together. And yeah, <laughs> love that. <laughs> so we may or may not be seeing Stacey's Octopus Keeper um, coming out on Netflix sometime soon. So um, we will keep an eye out for that. <laughs> but that's great. That's great. And yeah, I completely uh, can relate to having or needing different uh, hobbies to kind of take your mind off things. And me, I, I'm the old craft lady and I will do everything there is uh, to do with crafts. So, so yeah, that's my thing. And we need, we need something to switch off from what we do day to day. So it's been so, so lovely chatting to you, Stacey, and really appreciate you taking your time to, to have a chat with us. And um, I know I've gotten a lot out of uh, what you had to say and I'm sure our audience has too so thank you thank you so much for having me it was really lovely speaking with you and you all right well I will leave you to the rest of your evening thank you